Hey everyone, this is Jacob Keith. And this is Jackson Keith, and we are starting a little bit of a podcast here. Uh, we don't know the, the full ranges of where it goes, but the book of James kind of tells us about that. But our, our ultimate goal is just to provide scripture and our different backgrounds and things like that are going to kind of apply to that. And Jacob will talk about that here right now. Yeah, so we, we really just want to have an outlet for us to share what God has been putting on our hearts recently. And we were both being called to get more out there, but we didn't know how. So we're experimenting a little bit with this podcast. So here, here's a little bit of Jackson and mine's background, just so you kind of know kind of where we're coming from and as well as our heart behind like what we're talking about and why we want to do this. And so when Jackson and I were very young, we went to a Pentecostal church. Uh, and so we're talking very charismatic. Uh, and so we went from that like high energy setting to a free will Baptist church whenever I was in the ninth grade and Jackson, I guess you'd have been like third or fourth grade or something eight, like eight, that. Nine. Yeah. Uh, and so that's the exact opposite end of the spectrum. They are not charismatic. They are very calm demeanored during their services. Uh, but then with both of those denominations, there's a difference in theology and doctrine. Uh, and then once I went off to college, I started going to a non-denominational church. And so we, we have a lot of different background coming into this. Uh, but the thing that we want to emphasize with that is that we do not care about your denomination. We are wanting to focus solely on scripture throughout these podcasts or whatever it is that we end up doing. Uh, because regardless of if you're Baptist, Pentecostal, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of Christ, regardless of what you are, scripture needs to be what's guiding us through our lives. And so we're going to be focusing on what does the Bible say about things and what does God say about things. Uh, and so to give you a little bit more background on Jackson and I, we, we are brothers. If you don't know us, we are, we are brothers. We've been raised in the same household, uh, have the same upbringing. Uh, but despite that, we do have some differences. We have, while we are both Christians and while we both love the Lord and desire for Jesus to be the guider of our lives, there are some topics where we have different opinions and we have different views on them, which is okay. And we're going to probably run into that uh, some during some of our podcasts. We're probably not going to during this specific one, but there could be topics we talk about in the future where we're on opposite ends of the spectrum. Uh, and then there's some few more differences between us is that like, I'm a planner. I want to have structure. Jackson is a fly by fly by. I forget the exact <laughs> analogy, but he's not to say that nicely. Exactly. But he, he goes, he goes through, like, he's just going to run with whatever's right in front of him. Whereas I want to have something going into it. I am a two wing three on the Enneagram. If you're big into the Enneagram and Jackson does not like the Enneagram. And I don't even know if you've ever taken it. Uh, I'm a love language guy. You love language. I love the love languages too. I'm, I'm big on that as well. Uh, and then me, I'm the older brother, but I am single. Jackson is the younger brother and he is married. So we have different perspectives to bring to the table here. And so I'm going to kind of tell you what I currently do. And then Jackson will tell you what he currently does. But I, uh, two years ago, graduated from the University of Central Arkansas with a music education degree. But God called me to youth ministry uh, the summer right before my senior year of college. And I'm currently 
the chapter director for a youth ministry in Searcy, Arkansas called K-Life. Uh, I am going into my third year of doing that. Uh, and it has been absolutely awesome seeing what God can do uh, just in the lives of youth. And so Jackson, I'll let you tell a little bit more about yourself there. So uh, I am the youth pastor at Evangel Temple in Fort Smith. Uh, instead of graduating college, I actually did not attend college. I graduated high school about two years ago. So uh, we're on different spectrums. Like you said, he's older, I'm younger. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the youth pastor here at Evangel Temple. Like he said, it's I want to emphasize the, the hugeness of it where we, we really do not care about the culture, even Christian culture, the denomination. We, uh, we're going to say whatever we think the, the Bible says. Yes, we might be wrong and things like that, but the ultimate goal is truth. So uh, we're going to actually jump right into today's uh, topic, I guess you could say, but it's actually going to start off with a story. So um, I am an aspiring outdoorsman. That doesn't mean I'm any good. I don't know what I'm doing, but I desire to be good. So I'm working on it, working on the process. Um, and in that process, I, I've done some deer hunting the last couple of years. And uh, this year I was moving a stand actually a couple of days ago. So this is a, a fresh story. Um, and I'm moving this tree stand and I, I move it to this uh, other tree. I get it strapped up and I'm at the top getting ready to strap it on. But while I'm strapping it, uh, there's some other limbs that are in the way. So I, I got a machete out and I'm hacking at it. Just, you know, breaking some limbs, chopping some limbs down to get them out of the way so I can sit there comfortably. Um, but, you know, like I said, I'm aspiring and I'm not very good. So I'm, I'm hacking and my follow through wasn't great. And my follow through ended up being my finger. Um, and I was actually on the phone with one of my good friends. Uh, and I look down and I see, I start bleeding. I was like, oh man, I, I just started bleeding. And then I kind of bend my finger and I see like a, a decent chunk of skin. And I'm like, oh, like, bro, I, I might actually have to go inside. Like, I, I've never cut myself like this. I wasn't, uh, I don't know, I, I never, never really did things like that. And I could chop my finger. So I start heading up the hill. We live on a hill. So I'm walking up it and I go to the water hose and I start trying to, to clean it. And I'm just, I'm not really sure what the, the best thing to do. I, I'd never cut myself before. I'd never had a wound like this. Uh, and then me and Jacob, we, like you guys know, we are brothers. So we have the same mother and my, my mother's the type to, to not like those hurt situations. If, if you get hurt, she, she might have a little bit of a freak out situation. I can confirm uh, this is true. So, so I was kind of worried about my wife because, uh, you know, I was looking at her as, uh, you know, she's another woman and I'm thinking, man, dude, what is she going to do whenever I show her this? Uh, so I'm like, I literally, I hang up on my friend and said, man, pray for me. I'm about to call her. So I hang up and I call her and I, I, I say something along the lines of, here's the deal. Just, I need you to just listen to me, get me some peroxide, get me some bandages, hand them to me, but don't look at me. Everything's okay. I'm just trying to work with her. And then she comes out the door and she goes like superwoman mode. And she's like, no, it's okay. It's okay. I got this. And she starts, you know, she puts the peroxide on my finger, put some water on there and, uh, we're sitting there looking at it and like, man, like what, what do we do? Cause once again, we don't know what we're doing here. Uh, and eventually we're, we call my uncle who's actually a paramedic and uh, well, he knows what to do and I don't. So we call him and I, I'm one of those where I, if I don't have to go to the doctor, I'm not gonna. <laughs> and I've kind of got it out of him. He said that I can just put some super glue on there. So that's what I did. I put some super glue. Leah put some super glue on there after she got done cleaning it. Uh, and then we bandaged it up. And now I'm in the process of just, just protecting it, 
just keeping it safe to where it will heal. And I'm wanting it to turn into a scar. Long story short, all of that will come into what we're talking about today. And we are, we're talking about wounds. We're talking about scars, uh, but not so much in a, a physical sense. Sometimes it can be, but, but mainly in like a mental spiritual side of it. Uh, the, the connection, the, the wound that we have, sometimes people have mental wounds and it can be from things that they might've caused, things they might not have done. It might be someone else had hit the machete to their finger. Uh, and it can be so many different things. And uh, just, just to name a few, so many different things from maybe not having a parent in the household, maybe a physical abuse, a sexual abuse, uh, maybe people around you, what they did. So many different things can, can cause these mental wounds uh, and, and it's important for those wounds to become scars. Uh, but there's a process, I think, and that's kind of what me and Jacob are going to talk about for the rest of this, is that process of turning your mental wounds into scars. So, Jacob, you want to start up? Yeah, so I think one of the most important things whenever it comes to this wound turning into a scar is first identifying that you have a wound in the first place. Because if anyone out there is like I am, I am super prideful and want to act like I've got it all put together, that I'm everything's okay, everything's great. If someone says, hey, how are you doing? My just default response is, I'm doing good. Uh, but then there, there was a time when I was, I, I work at a church camp in the summers, and there was a time I said, oh, I'm doing good. And someone said, are you actually doing good? Or are you just saying you're doing good because that's the response you're supposed to say? And that made me like, think. <laughs> I was like, whoa, am I doing good or am I just going through the motions? And so whenever it comes through with these wounds, we first have to realize that we even have a wound in the first place. And then we start have to identify some of the things connected to it. And so as Jackson was kind of alluding to there, like you have to figure out who caused that wound. Is it a self-inflicted wound like Jackson with the machete or was it caused by someone else? Was there someone else that did something to you uh, that hurt you? And was that on purpose? Was the wound that was given to your mental, emotional state, was that on purpose? Did the person mean to hurt you or was it just them not living life well and you being in the crossfire or did you hurt yourself on purpose? Uh, and then you have to recognize like, okay, how bad is this wound? Because there there are a ton of different kinds of wounds. Uh, Jackson gave a few uh, examples of some pretty big wounds of physical sexual abuse or not having a parental unit in the home, uh, having just really tough life circumstances hit your way, having parents get a divorce. Like those can be some pretty major wounds, but there's some smaller wounds as well that still need attention. So maybe, maybe someone hasn't reached out to you in a few days and you're kind of feeling hurt by that. Maybe someone made a backhanded remark and that kind of stung the wrong way uh, and you didn't appreciate it. Like that is still a wound. It's not a big one, but you still have to identify how big is this wound that you're supposed, that you're running into. Uh, and so Jackson, once they've identified the wound, what, what should they do next? I think it's important to admit you need help. And, and I think the, the, the most important thing for that is uh, this is something where uh, I want to clarify, like, like we're going to do for the rest of these, these podcasts, is culture does not mean correct. Culture does not mean correct. Just because this is the way culture does it, doesn't mean that's the way scripture says. And I, I think admitting you need help, 
is a big deal because I think culture puts us in this, this idea that there's nothing you can do. There's nothing anyone can do. There's nothing anything can be done. You're just stuck with that mental disorder, that mental disease, that mental problem. Uh, and, and I, and I want to add too, uh, some of these could be even things like uh, anxiety, depression. Some of those can be mental wounds. Maybe they can, they might have root causes or they might just be the, the thing in and of themselves. But I think it's so important to see what the right thing to do is. What is, what is the right supplies? I, I had to admit that I needed help to, to get Leah's, you know, help in that situation. But for your mental problem, what, what, what is it, your mental wound, what is it that you need help with? Um, and, and I think most importantly, uh, it's the right supplies. And I think in this next part, uh, talking about cleaning the wound, Jacob will talk about what exactly those supplies are. Yeah, so you admit you need help, you admit you need to go to someone, uh, but the ultimate goal with that wound is that you are, as Jax was saying, you're trying to clean it, you're getting the gunk out. Uh, and so if that wound is not having a parental unit in the home, you've recognized that, you recognize that one of your parents left and that you have that big gap that is in there. Uh, and so you've got to figure out, okay, what is that causing me to do? What are, what are the results of that wound uh, that are occurring? And so for a lot of people that, like say if someone doesn't have a father in the home, that can lead to a desire to fill that gap. And sometimes that becomes sexual, that can become a sexual sin. And so the issue there at that point becomes lust. And so you have to clean uh, that hole that has been created, that lust has filled. Uh, and so that can look like uh, having accountability partners, that can look like spending a lot of time in prayer, asking God to cleanse and renew your heart and your mind. Psalm 51. Uh, yes, exactly. Psalm 51 is a huge, great chapter that is dealing directly with uh, renewing and cleansing your heart. I was subconsciously referencing that. Uh, and honestly, I'm going to dig a little bit into the context of that, because I think that that is almost a perfect example. Because David, uh, King David, the person that when you think of the Bible, most people, even if they know nothing about the Bible, have heard of David versus Goliath. Uh, so David is this like awesome, strong king who the Bible refers to as a man after God's own heart. And so David is like this strong, God-following, God-fearing man. But even he fell into temptation and lust. A self-inflicted wound. It was a self-inflicted wound, exactly. Uh, and so he notices this woman uh, taking a bath. Her name is Bathsheba. I don't know why that resemblance is so strong, but there you go. Relation. Yes. Uh, and he desires to have a relationship with her. Come to find out she's married to a man named Uriah. And so any normal person who is not dealing with that kind of a wound should recognize, okay, she's married it's done. <laughs> we're, we're not pursuing that. David, on the other hand, decides to not only pursue her, but to try to get the husband out of the picture. And so her husband was a soldier and was one of David's most loyal, if not his most loyal soldier. Uh, and so what David does is he gives a 
marching order to one of the generals of Israel's army because they were currently in war. And he tells him, send Uriah to the front line. And then once he's in the midst of battle, everyone else retreat. And so if you're even slightly decent at war strategy, you will know. What'd What'd you say? I said that does not work. It does not work. And most importantly, Uriah is going to die. And he does. And so even though David was not the direct sword that was put into Uriah, he murdered that man in order to, I'm going to use a pretty direct word, to rape his wife. When we look at David, we don't think of that. But David had a wound, and it was a self-inflicted wound, and he was not willing to identify it. God sends a prophet named Nathan uh, who literally calls him out. Mm-hmm. And he gets called out, and I won't go into detail for time's sake of how he does that, but check it out in the Bible. It's honestly really cool how Nathan does it. Uh, and so from that point, David starts trying to renew himself and clean his spirit. And that's where we get to Psalm 51. Psalm 51 is written shortly afterwards by David. And it is a prayer to God to change his heart, to change his mind, to renew him. Uh, And so David is seeking that cleansing. And notice that at that point, he's not trying to do it on his own. He's not trying to do it by his own strength because we have the wound. When Jackson had the machete, he was not the person uh, that was supposed to be able to jump into that. Uh, And so... And so we try to do it on our own, but notice David did not do that. So we need to rely on the Lord to cleanse uh, the wounds that we have and to cleanse the result and the gunk that is forming from those wounds. And so, Jackson, what's something else that can be a part of that cleansing process? So what I think is I think too often we, our first step that we do is we go straight to the world. We, we have this mental problem. The first thing we do is we go to the world. Uh, and as we see with David, he, in Psalm 51, I can't remember exactly what verse, but he says the line, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a righteous spirit within me. Um, God can cleanse the heart. Matter of fact, God is the only one who can cleanse the heart. Uh, medication can't. Um, none of the uh, therapy in and of itself can. Um, God is the only one who can cleanse the heart. And I think it's interesting, too, we have uh, a bunch of different verses um, about do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So if we don't conform to the world, God will transform us by renewing our mind. Uh, so, so it's all a process, but it's a process that's wholly needed by God. And, and what I, what I want to talk about next is actually the idea of protecting uh, that wound to a point. Uh, so just to go back to that story with my finger, talking about how we can cleanse that wound, uh, I had to put super glue on it. The other option, probably smarter option, would have been to, to stitch it up. Uh, but what's so interesting to me is that even if we were to stitch up the wound, even if I was, like I did, put super glue on it, that's still not going to heal the finger. It's not. Uh, all that's going to do is allow God to heal the finger more easily. So if you stitch up the finger, 
if God didn't do his part in putting the skin back together, you just sit there awkwardly with a bunch of stitches in your finger. Like the whole point of putting stitches there is so God will do the rest. And I think we miss that with the mental side of things. Uh, we, we have so many mental problems today in our world, so many things that are crippling. Like Jacob was mentioning, if you don't clean it and there's things get in there, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Uh, it, a lot, like he said with the examples, so, there's so many examples. If you grew up in a family that partook of drugs, alcohol, it's an open wound. You've seen the negative effects of that, but now you just go seek it yourself. And now it's a wound for you of alcohol or, or drugs. And next thing you know, it continues on with your kids. It's, it's all these things that just, man, it's, it's a continual disease that gets inside the wounds because we're not allowing God to heal it. Honestly, if, if you just put stitches there, I'm pretty sure just stitches, a disease can probably still get through there if the skin doesn't heal itself. So if we do not seek God to renew our mind, to create in us a clean heart, to renew a right spirit within us, if we don't seek him to do those things, then yeah, we're just going to get more disease. So, so that is the, the most, most, most important thing to do is to allow God to heal it, to allow God to really step in and, and do the cleansing process because we on our own cannot do that. And the truth is, this is unpopular. The world can't do that either. Therapy can't do that either. Those things in and of themselves cannot heal your mind. Uh, and, and that's why I, I stress so importantly the idea of, of biblical counseling and things like that. And because that's our next point is the next thing that I had to do was I had to reach out to someone who knew what they were doing. Uh, I had to reach out to my uncle who was an EMT. Uh, he, he, he obviously knew the situation better than I did, even though I was the one there. And yes, there, there are counselor, counselors and, and all those other big words that, that know what they're doing and know how to deal with those situations. Matter of fact, there's pastors who know how to do those things. Uh, and I believe there are people who are just filled with the Holy Spirit who know how to act upon those situations because they've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. Um, but all that to say is yes, seeking help. Maybe it's counseling. Maybe it's, you know, just talking to a friend and, and a Starbucks. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's so important to seek help. Uh, but it's so important to seek biblical counsel. Uh, because if you're not using scripture as your guide to those things, of what use is it? Uh, whenever, you know, I, I called my uncle up, I needed my finger to be fixed. Uh, but still, he couldn't heal it by himself. I mean, he was over the phone for Pete's sake. There was nothing he could have done to heal it. But if he gave me the right ideas, that could lead me in the direction. So uh, I encourage you to, to find somebody who, who knows what they're doing, whether it's a literal trained professional, uh, as long as it's biblical counseling, a biblical trained professional, that would be great. But a lot of the time we don't have access to that. I, I'm sure there are pastors around uh, who would love to help you with your, your situation, some even counsel, trained counseling pastors. Uh, and then sometimes there's just friends or you know, family, friends, people that you look up to that you can seek uh, that will give you biblical counseling on the situation. Yes, because we're, we're not supposed to go through life alone. We're not supposed to do all of this alone. And as Jackson was saying, like, we're not saying all of those other things are bad, like therapy and counseling isn't bad. Uh, but make sure that the person you're going to is someone that you can trust with that, that it's someone that is going to give you good advice good biblical advice uh, because ultimately like if the person is giving you advice that the world would give, it's going to fail and it's just going to maybe give you a band-aid, but it's not going to stitch that wound. Mm -hmm. uh, 
And so there, there's a few verses I want to share uh, real quick that I think can really uh, emphasize this point of not going through it alone. And so Proverbs 11:14, for example, it says, where there is no guidance, the people fall, but in abundance of counselors, there is victory. And then Proverbs 15, 22 says, without consultation, plans are frustrated, but with many counselors, they succeed. And so we are instructed by the Bible to seek counsel, to seek help from others, but we have to be careful of who we go to. Uh, because for example, Samson uh, and Delilah, Samson was seeking counsel from Delilah. Delilah saying, trust me, trust me, tell me how to lose your strength, trust me, when he shouldn't have. Peter, on the other hand, trusted Jesus when Jesus said, get out of the boat and walk. And Peter starts walking on the water, but then notice he loses that trust and then he starts to sink. You can read those if you want to get more details on either of those. In fact, I would challenge you read those because those are both really good stories uh, and really good passages. Uh, but we're not supposed to do it alone. We're supposed to seek good counsel uh, because as Proverbs says, in that there is victory. Uh, and so Jackson, once they've found that counsel, once they have found that help from the world, but from the right places, what, what should they do? I think it's so important to protect that wound. Uh, I think there's so many things like, for instance, with like addiction, there's so many diff different types of addiction from, from alcohol, drug, pornography, like so many different types of addiction. Uh, and all you hear is confess, 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 confess. And that is true. <laughs> it's so important to confess. That's what we just talked about, seeking that counsel. But it's so important to protect whatever that wound is. So uh, like Jacob was saying, like, and, and even for my finger right now, you know, I, I chopped it. And right now I have a Band-Aid on my finger. So more disease cannot get in there. Um, if you have some sort of disease of, you know, you're seeking attention from men because you didn't have a father in the household. So, so you girls, you're seeking that attention from every guy that will give you any, any ounce of attention because your father wasn't in the household. And you realize, okay, you know, my father's not here. I have this wound and I need, I need it to turn into a scar. And in order for it to turn into a scar, it needs to be protected. So you might, okay, well, maybe I shouldn't date until I'm this certain age because I realize that, that my judgment is, is not, not perfect and not clear. It's clouded, so I can't think straight, so I'm going to protect that. Or maybe you've struggled with pornography in the past and you realize, you know, um, I, I'm trying to get away from this wound that I created on myself, uh, and I'm trying to, to quit this, this addiction. Well, the, the thing you might need to be doing is taking steps ahead of the time to protect that from maybe not having an Instagram or not having a Snapchat or not having a TikTok for sure. Uh, but so many different things like that. Because matter of fact, Jesus told us, he said, cast out your eye, cut off your arm. He, he said to be ex extreme, to get out of those situations, to, to heal your wounds. So I think it's so, so important for us to put up safeguards, to put up protection, to, to protect our wounds so that they one day can turn into scars. And it's I get it. It's practical. I, I, I think too often we, as the church culture, give example without practical examples. And that's what I want you guys to realize is there are practical things you can do for whatever your case might be. You know, if you've had a bad example with uh, the opposite gender and it's made you kind of turn a different route to where now you're seeking attention from the same sex and now you're, you're having like homosexual temptations, you know, what safeguards can you put into play? maybe you need to realize, okay, I can't hold these people so close of friends because it's kind of causing me to stumble. 
and, and whatever it might be. I can't watch this certain TV show because it's causing me to stumble. you got to put up safeguards. you got to put up protections to that wound. And I'll tell you something else that a lot of people don't give credit for. Uh, for things like anxiety and depression, that's something that is ruling our world today. It's controlling our world. And I think there's so many TV shows and music that we listen to that all it's doing is just getting more disease into the wounds. And if we put up safeguards to, you know, people, people call it extreme. But what if you just listen to Christian music and instead of listening to that music that's just putting you down and get, getting you depressed? What if you just listen to Christian music and put a, a wrapping around that wound of depression? What if instead of uh, being anxious and instead of getting on TikTok or YouTube and all those different things of talking about the trends and what looks right and all these these men and these women who have all these filters on so they look perfect. What if you put on that wound so you wouldn't get anxious about the way people think of you because you're so worried thinking about others? You know, it's all these things you can do to put up protection and wrappings around your wound to protect that future disease to get in so it can turn into a scar. So I think it's important for us to then realize what is a scar. Jacob, do you want to give them a little bit about what a scar is? I do. But before that, I want to like reemphasize what you were talking about there, that a lot of the examples Jackson just gave, just listen to Christian music. Don't surround yourself with people that might tempt you. Some of those may seem or feel extreme, but an example that Jackson gave there was that Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount said, if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out. If your arm is causing you to stumble, cut it off so that it's better. And this is Jesus's words. It is better for it to be cut off than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And so while it seems extreme, Jesus also talks about extreme examples because sin is not easily overtaken. Temptation is not easily overtaken. So we have to take those strong steps in order to fight against that. And so those wounds need to become scars. And so what is a scar? A scar is a physical sign of a wound that used to exist. And so a lot of people have scars that they no longer hurt. They no longer have the potential of being infected. I'd you say can... everybody has a scar on their kneecap. <laughs> being a kid. Exactly. Uh, and so like we all have these markings on our body that they don't hurt. They can't get infected but you can tell something had occurred at one point in time. I used to have one uh, on my leg, like on the front part, right in front of my calf of when I was like two years old, where I scraped my leg on a opened photo album thing. Uh, thanks mom. Yes. Thanks mom. Uh, she'll probably listen to this and get mad at this, but oh well. And so the point is, is that like from that scar, there is a story. There's a story that I am able to tell from that scar when people are like, hey, what happened to your leg? Oh, well, when I was two, I can tell that story. And so whenever it comes to these mental, emotional, spiritual scar wounds that we have, we need to turn those into scars because there are stories connected to those. We, a lot of the times, want to just hold in the tough things that happen in our life and we don't want to talk about them. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that. It might be anywhere from, oh, I'm uncomfortable with it, or I don't want to hurt this other person by talking about it. But the thing is, is that like we have a story that God has given us that we need to tell, not for the sake of right, raising ourselves up or making ourselves seem better, but for the sole purpose of giving God the glory. And so while you have that story, you first have to identify what that story is. And so I want to challenge everyone that's listening. 
figure out what your story is, figure out what wounds or scars that you have, and then tell that story. And so Jackson, is there anything you wanna emphasize or talk about with the scars portion? So once again, realize that um, whatever it is for you, whether maybe you already have some scars uh, and maybe you have some wounds right now, uh, take the practical step there. Um, like we talked about this whole time, go through that process, listen to this video, think about what is your wounds right now? Because I'm pretty sure most of you guys probably have some sort of a wound right now and think about what is that and how can I allow God to heal it? Not the world. Uh, it's the, the world cannot heal those things. But how can God heal it? And then like Jacob said, those scars, identify your scars and see how, who can I tell? Who can I tell this story to? And how can we turn your wounds into scars? But not only that, how can you help others turn their wounds into scars and tell that story? And, and, and what I want to challenge you to do, uh, I want you to tell your story just one time today and make that a conscious effort to tell your story once today. To, and, and maybe it's not your full story. It's just one story, just one simple thing from how one wound became a scar. So if you have a scar and you are a believer in Jesus Christ, I encourage you to tell your story about a wound to a scar to one person today. Jacob, can you end this off? Yeah, because, and here's the thing. Is that challenge going to be easy? No, that's why it's called a challenge. You have to be vulnerable. You have to look into parts of your life that maybe aren't fun to look back at. But doing that is going to make you stronger, is going to make that scar stronger, and is going to make that story more powerful so Jesus' name is known more. And so this is all we've got for this first episode of this podcast. Jackson and I are very new to the podcast world. This is something God has just recently put on our hearts. And so we are still searching for what direction we want to go with this. But what I do want to throw out there is that if anyone that is listening to this has either a question that they want answered or a topic that you want me and Jackson to discuss, please message either me or Jackson, and we would be more than happy to make that one of the episodes that we talk about, or if it's like a 10 second answer, then just answering it and sending you the answer to it. Because we know God's going to put things on our hearts, but we also know that there are things that some of y'all need to hear or need to know what the Bible says about certain things. And so just let us know if there's anything there that you want. And so Jackson, is there anything else that you've got? I don't think so. All right. In that case, thank you all for listening up to this point. We'll have more episodes probably coming at some point and we will talk to y'all later.